0: We're here, you know, here on the baseball podcast. It's it's been, you know, a little while. We've we've been recovering from, you know, the uh, the Philly season. You know, as we we mentioned on our the J Cave Effect episode, um, Ethan. Well, what have you been up to in in your downtime? You know, what what would you say is a bright spot for you this fall, this winter?
1: <laughs> baseball wise, or just life wise, the- or in general you know let people in let people into into your mind you know what's going on with me i started a new job i work for the government now i'm a narc Yeah, Yeah, he's a uh, a genuine narc (laughs) yeah so no more no you know what it is i'll relate this back to to the baseball podcast i don't work at starbucks anymore which is not i make a lot more money and i and i you know the hours are steady and everything um i shouldn't say a lot more money i make more money more, more consistently you know, let's not act yeah. like you've moved up i actually don't get paid that much more money but i get paid i get you know the benefits are great and the hour like it's eight hours a day five days a week every single week is 40 hours starbucks and you would be like, commute yeah starbucks yeah it's right down the street starbucks it would be like 22 hours a week then 34 then 23 it was really frustrating i like starbucks i don't have any complaints really they put me through school and stuff but it got a little annoying towards the end but People have asked me, "How do you like your new job?" Oh, yeah, you know, I-, I get to do my own thing. You know, I'm working by myself most of the time. It's not hard. You know, it's great. Crushed I don't people's
0: have dreams, you know. Yeah, crushing
1: people's dreams. I don't have fun at work though anymore. Like, like the people in the office are nice, and we kind of chat about, you know, by, you know, football or whatever. But, but like, I don't have fun at work. Like, I'm sort of driving around on my own most of the time. I really miss going into work and just having a blast with like the people I worked with, like John Wagner. Like Jim Gillespie, like Garrett Lyon, all well, friends of the show. You understand. Yeah. Um understand. nobody yeah, else that's but I do. Yeah. That we yeah, have the the thing that I love the most about this job is like I remember growing up, my mom was always home for holidays because she worked for the school. She's a teacher's aide. So she had off every holiday. She had off during the summer and everything. I have off every holiday now. Like I don't have to worry about like, I don't think I work on Thanksgiving, but hopefully not. You know what? Now it's just nope, Thanksgiving, I'm free. You know, <laughs> that sort right, of thing. Yeah. It's great. Um so yeah, so I'm off tomorrow for New Year's Day, and uh, yeah, so it's it's been interesting. It's been It's it's a good thing, this new job, but it's just taken some getting used to, it, I guess. Tom, right. what's going on with you? What's going on with
0: me? Um, well, let's see. We'll be a good bright spot. Well, I found out today that the, the... Okay, we're talking about bright spot. This is more of a rose and a thorn situation. <laughs> oh. <laughs> this is about to be a thorn. I found out that the men's league that I joined specifically to play on Wednesday nights might not be playing on Wednesday nights anymore. So they told me this and I was like, well, guys, you know, <laughs> that is a little bit of a wrench in the works for your boy. Cause uh, there's a lot of leagues that play on Sundays. There's not like that many that play during the week. So right. What are we gonna do about this, boys? I don't know what I'm gonna do. Um, you know, I, listen. I'm a little bit of a free agent right now. I might, I might be signing with with you know our guests' team if I'm able to successfully lie about my my. say,
1: yeah, just go acquire a cis pa- Swiss passport. A Swiss passport. Hey, dude, <laughs> yeah. Switzerland.
0: You know, no, never mind. I I was about to go down a rabbit hole that there's nothing wrong with it it's just way too much
1: it's just unnecessary it was,
0: was going to be me explaining well, wait wait so you gave, a, you gave us history the, you know you all gave that. us
1: the thorn what's the rose
0: um the rose all right <clears throat> so i'm about to turn this into the workout podcast <laughs> okay because i have been working out all right and uh I would say that my biggest my biggest uh bright spot over the past couple months is I went to a PR party on Friday. Okay. Explain and for explain those of you who don't people. know what a PR party is. A PR is your personal record. Okay. And I went and I thought I was gonna do some very reasonable PRs for somebody who has not really been training for that long at all. So I was thinking, I was like, all right, I'm gonna bench like 225, and then I'm gonna deadlift like 330, which deadlifting 330. Evidently, that's like that's all you have. That's all you got. All right, whatever. So I went over there. I was like, all right, I'm. And you know what? I'm. I'm not gonna kill myself. So I went over there, and uh the guys that I was with, who I am, I'm, I'm gonna keep their identity secret. Okay, I don't want to put them on blast because you know that, who knows if they're ready to deal with this level of fame. Um, they pushed me a little bit. Okay, they're like, come on, you can do better than that. And uh I ended up absolutely obliterating both of my PRs so of. I deadlifted 450 which is like 50 percent higher than I thought it was going to <laughs> it's not it's like 25 I did the math wrong on that but uh and then I benched 290 which is evidently that is like freak zone for somebody who was not training that. now now
1: does ago. that mean like one wrap you and got it yeah, up or you yeah your set? PR
0: is one rep that's, okay. you can do a pr for like a number of reps but i i don't know any of that so i have
1: i have no clue what i would even like be at. i remember i'm trying to do the math here in my head my mom like when i was growing up had like a little you know like fisher price basically like you know bench press what do you call like the whole apparatus just a bench it press a, yeah, it was a bench yeah, yeah. a bench yeah. yeah um she had one of those in the basement i know you're familiar with this and there yeah. was 25 pound weights 10 pound weight and five pound weights so that's uh 50 70 80 and then i think the bet the the bar was like 15 or 20 pounds i think
0: it's usually 45 but i don't know what
1: hers was i would say this was smaller so it's probably like 15 20 maybe like 30 pounds so i ended up, it ended up okay. being around like 100 110 pounds roughly so oh, like yeah. when i was in high school i was taking like weightlifting classes and stuff and so like i remember like in high school like every year i would like get a little bit more not that i was ever in shape but like you know you could write a little bit more but i never like i would go home and i would work out sometimes and i could never bench more than like 110 pounds or whatever because i just didn't like i was going to buy more you know stuff and like overload right, more. yeah so I just every year, you know what I mean? Like I was just I would just go down there and just do the same weight for like four years. And, and you're like, and hell, hell yeah, dude, I'm killing it. Now I don't work out at all. So I was doing better back then.
0: <laughs> no, now you now you work in.
1: <laughs> yeah. Although I will say this new job, it has me getting my steps in, brother. Oh, because yeah. Because I'm I'm basically I'm the I'm the for those who don't know, I'm the code enforcement officer for Folcroft. So I basically just drive around and like check people's permits when they're doing work and like that sort of thing. Um okay. and so it's like So I'm literally just driving around just seeing what's up and then I'll get out of my car to walk up, you know, take pictures of whatever I need to like that sort of thing. So I'm just like walking around and it's like a quarter of a mile down the street. So I'm walking like, you know, there and back four times because i'll walk there then come back for lunch then walk there then come back at the end of the day but that sort of thing so i actually am getting a lot more walking in than i used to so it's oh, nice so i have are
0: really getting your cardio in that's what you're
1: saying yeah, you could say that i have an ooh. app i'm gonna um, this is a free plug i have an app called fantasy hike which is like ooh. a lord of the rings i showed it to you it's the best it, yeah i know that was that you... was an
0: ooh because i knew it yeah. was common
1: <laughs> it it shows you on a map where you are along frodo's journey to mount doom and then okay. it'll give you little updates like as you pass so, like if you get like into the mines of Moria, like distance wise, it'll give you a little notification that you're there and everything. Right. Um so and I then it I spawns go on the... a balrog for you to run away from. Yeah, of course you understand. Um <laughs> so so it'll show you like when you're projected to reach. I think the whole thing is 1780 miles, is like the entire journey from the sh- from Bag End to Mount Doom. So okay. I uh It'll show you like when you're projected to hit it, like based on like your average daily walking, like when you're projected to reach there, like, you know, nine months from now or whatever. And then it'll yeah. show you your average day. And so I remember I did it once, like all the way through. I've had the app for that long. And it was like three point six miles or whatever day I was walking. And then this time I'm at like four and a quarter or something like that. Oh, so I'm down. yeah, so I'm walking more. I'm walking. Dude, more. You're, you're really pumping wanna... those numbers up.
0: I don't want to brag out, but uh,
1: although this is hilarious <laughs> I was um my wife's uh uncle is is a a cardiologist he's like a like a heart surgeon basically and he's sort okay. of I don't know if he's like world renowned but he's like very successful like people fly out to have him operate on their heart he's like really well really regarded i guess he's great he's super fun his name is lauren lukowitz so yeah look him up uh, guys. if you need heart no, surgery he's great a, he's, he's a, the, the he's baseball a... <laughs> podcast certified heart yeah.
0: surgeon.
1: he's this really interesting character he lives in colorado but he's from south carolina and his family is french jews yeah he's an interesting guy anyway so he's
0: he's like a, is he a descendant of dreyfus
1: he's like a I don't know. He's like a citizen of the world, I guess. Um, but he's, he's this interesting guy. Did you just roll your eyes? that I <laughs> uh,
0: No, but I should have. I, no, you know <laughs> I what should... I did? I imagined the, uh, I imagined the Mr. Worldwide meme.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, so anyway, going, going back, I was talking to him on Thanksgiving. I see him like once a year for a holiday, and he's right. super fun. I love. It. It's one of those things where, like, when I see him, it's just me and him in a room for like all Thanksgiving. It's super fun. Okay, um, all right. So I we like were. That. So she yeah. So we're sitting that. there and we're chatting, and I don't remember how we got talking about this, but he's a doctor and I'm not, so I'm just taking everything he says, you know, to heart. And so okay. he says something to the effect of, "He was like, yeah, people work out wrong, and again, I have no idea this is true. I'm just telling him what he told me, okay. and I was like, what do you mean? And he was like, yeah, you know how people like to like long distance run and everything. He's like, that's actually not particularly helpful." And I go, why? And he goes, because basically the thing that you're doing for your heart is getting everything up to speed. So like the, like pushing your heart and your lungs to get like that capacity to be able to get up to like speed is the important part, not the actual running of the 20 miles. And I was like, really? And he was like, yeah. So all the benefits of like cardio happen in the first five or 10 minutes. He was basically like your body, like adjusting into that is the important part not actually doing all the exercise. And again, I'm not trying to lead people astray. Go out and run. I don't care. I'm not, a, I'm, you know what I mean? I have no idea what I'm talking about. No, you know what? Don't. Me. Okay. Yeah. And I was <laughs> like, really? And he was like, yeah. So he was like, honestly, it's a lot better to do like vigorous workouts a little bit than to do like really long sustained workouts. And I was like, okay. And then I kind of thought about it. And I was like, I don't do either of those. So I don't even know why I'm asking about this. Right. And I was like, <laughs> so I was like, so define a workout. And he goes, walking briskly. And I was like, wait, really? That's all it takes? And he was like, literally just anything to get your heart rate up. And I was like, well, I was watching walk a horror movie. Yeah. I, well, I was, I, I was like, I walked a dog a couple of times a day. I, I walked briskly. Does that-? And he was like, then you're doing great. And I was like, see, I'm thin. Boy. I'm doing great. I'll <laughs> tell hey, <yeah>. you. <laughs> you yeah, know what? So,
0: <laughs> Health guru, Ethan Williams. <laughs> yeah. So I have
1: no idea if what he told me is the truth. I have no idea if I applied that correctly to my life, but I'm feeling better about myself you know so, what, I, i'm a big fan of that you, you found a way to put a positive spin on things exactly you know we're like 10 minutes into this intro we got to cut this down but ah, um, do what are we going to do today actually i uh, should tell you because i haven't pulled up
0: yeah I, well, you know what ethan
1: yeah what are we going to do today <laughs> feed me um today <laughs> today <laughs> tom <laughs> let's start that over go ahead ask me again
0: no you know what then? keep it going I don't I don't want to run the editing team down.
1: You know, those I'm the are editing well paid, team, but
0: they're not that well paid.
1: <laughs> I'm the editing team.
0: Um, no, don't let him lie to you. We have we have many <laughs> people on the back end of this podcast. Yeah, you
1: know, that's when you said the editing team is well paid people because I've been seeing my wife's family a lot and I see them like, you know, a few times a year for holidays. And I've been seeing her like extended family a lot recently. And that's sort of like, you know how, like when you you don't see somebody a lot, you just sort of have like the one thing about them. We talk about, hey, how's work? You know what I mean? Like that sort of thing. Yeah. So the one thing that people talk about with me mostly is still doing the podcast, which is nice. And we usually chat about it and stuff. And they're you know, sports fans and everything. But it always comes around to they always like sheepishly go. Do you, like, do you get paid for that or how to, And I'm and, like, no, and we do, <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. we get paid in fame. Um, but I yeah, always be like, yeah. I'll always be like, we uh, no, we don't get paid for it. And they'll be like, oh, do, do, are you planning on getting like, how does that? And I'm like, I don't know, like, who would pay us to hear our voice? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like yeah. Who, who would listen to this podcast and go, well, that's worth money.
0: Now, if we got Sean on here, if we had convinced Sean to become our third co-host people pay to hear his voice
1: see that would be wrong though because then we'd just be profiting off of someone else
0: right yeah we're just riding sean's coattails i mean (laughs) honestly
1: yeah we'd be dragging down sean's earning potential is what it comes down to
0: true yeah we're dead weight yeah Yeah. (laughs) but anyway ethan i'd like to ask you again and you know what i don't want you to sidetrack this time the hell are we doing today
1: today tom we're having on christopher burns the head coach of the swiss national baseball team also his twitter bio says that he is an independent hitting coach which i found interesting we didn't get into that with him but there you have it but me next. christopher yeah christopher burns head coach of the swiss national baseball team um and he's just another guy that i just messaged out of nowhere he didn't you know he didn't know me or anything and he was nice enough to give us his time um and it was a really cool chat we got into you know the origins of swiss baseball what they're up to now what the plan is moving forward and i will say we've talked to a lot of different people from around the world and everyone's been wonderful and they all have a passion for baseball. I don't want to say the most, but Chris, Chris was one of the most, I thought like well thought out, well-prepared. Like he really had like a vision for like, here's how we're going to move forward. And I, I, it seems to me like he's on the right track is what I'm getting at. So Yeah, so it was really nice to talk to him and have him actually lay out, here's how we're moving forward with Swiss baseball. Here's the next step that we're working on right now. Here's who we're getting involved, that sort of thing. Um, and so I, I think the future is really bright. I don't know anything else about Swiss baseball. I don't know what he told right. us. So um, it was really cool to just get – because, I, you know, I'm not – it's not like Australia where where we get talking about it I and, and all the background and everything. Like I was right. a clean slate coming into this conversation.
0: Mm-hmm. I like that he he talked about on and off the field things that they're doing to improve because uh yeah i mean you know at the end of the day the team that's on the field is like the product so you know you can talk till you're red in the face about uh talk to your blue in the face okay i don't want to mix my metaphors here about you know oh we're gonna do this you know we're gonna put feelers out to this to get this kind of money but you know you do want to hear like oh okay well you you know we got these guys involved to teach our players this you know we're recruiting from here you know, this is what we're trying to do to make our, you know, these players better pitchers, you know, better defenders, you know, all that sort of thing. So I liked hearing that, too. That's, you know, we, I feel like we don't always get into that with our guests. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, maybe that's because like, you know, like Pepe, for instance, more of a president than an on field yeah. guy. So, you know, it, it was good to hear that, too.
1: Well, actually, that was TJ another Man
0: reference that that <laughs> I did not expect to hear.
1: That was actually interesting to me, too, was that, uh, you know, a lot of times we'll have on different parts of the, the baseball program of, you know, we might have on the coach, we might have on a player, we might have on the president or something. And a few times we've gotten sort of a jack of all trades, but that's definitely what Chris was. He was just gave us, you know, he's on the field, he's, you know, making calls, he's getting sponsorships, he's getting coaches involved, you know, so it was interesting to get all the different um, aspects, I guess, of the the national program. All right, I'm about to get
0: myself kicked off the podcast here. Okay. Go ahead. All right, I'm just warning everybody. Okay, children, you know, cover your ears. All right. um, Would you describe him as the Swiss Army knife of Swiss
1: baseball? <laughs> All right, guys. Well, that's been my career on the podcast. I got I to be fair because that's actually funny. It's, like, so stupid that it's funny my brain is so hurt so stupid no no no, that when i could tell you were gearing up for like a really lame dad joke oh and all like all i could think of was i called him a jack of all trades i think they speak french in switzerland is he a Jacques of all trades no no uh now we have to cancel the podcast. isn't that isn't that worse we're both canceled now yeah all right guys well listen
0: this has been the baseball podcast
1: yeah this is the last episode of the baseball all right
0: um i hope you guys speaking speaking off to let's hand it off to ben
1: you know what i was gonna say speaking of what do we have (laughs) coming up tom let's just get this all in now before we we hand it over to chris let's not worry about an outro okay coming up you guys better be excited we've got a highlight video coming oh we do and we can't take the credit for it i didn't do it tom didn't do it brian and nick nobody did it ben lyon my brother-in-law, Garrett's little brother, my wife's little brother, took official it official. Upon- baseball
0: I- podcast super fan.
1: Yeah, I want you to know this wasn't me saying, "Hey Ben, you like to make videos? You should try." No, 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 no. Ben six. He just turned seventeen, so he was sixteen at the time. He hey, a, hits me. We up- him, by the way. Good job. You know. Ben's 74 years old better. <laughs> so so Ben hits me up out kind of out of nowhere sometimes. And he'll just sort of say something along the lines of like, yeah, I really like this chat with this, you know, Dan Vaughn guy or whatever, you know, whatever the topic is of the day. Mm. And I'll be like, oh, cool. Thanks for listening to the podcast you know, whatever. And then he started texting me and he would send me like little funny things that happen and he'd be like, oh, you know, I really thought it was funny when John said this, whatever. OK, cool. He hits me up. This was like a couple of weeks ago. And he he hits me up and he sends me a clip of me, just like I forget what it was. It was doing something stupid, and I was like, "What is what is this?" Right. And he was There's like, a it's lot a, of contenders. Yeah, and he was like, "Well, it's from the podcast." And I was like, "What is? I don't understand. Like, what does that have? Why are we watching this?" And he was like, "I made a highlight video." And I was like, "What do you mean, dude? He made like a forty-five minute, I think it's like forty-two minute long <laughs> video of just like highlight of just t- things that he thought was funny, but he added in a little surprises too. He added in some visuals. He added in some 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 audio audios whatever um audios audios um, I don't know well you can say visuals I don't are know we and
0: new words into existence over here yes yeah audios
1: yeah, yeah. First, but he but he, he first added in a... <laughs> by Ethan
0: Pachersky of the baseball podcast
1: <laughs> he um he added in a couple of touches of his own but it's just forty roughly minutes of us being stupid it's the best so i hit up tom i told him about this we had been over and just bought pizza and watched this and like laughed our our heads off so that's coming up we will release that on the podcast channel i just got to figure out how to do it from his account so we'll figure it out um other than that do we have anything else coming up tom um i
0: don't think we have anything specific i mean you know what we do have coming up is uh the new year we got 2024 literally hours away at this point okay yeah and you know what it's, a, it's gonna be a new year and what's more it's gonna be a new you and i'm talking to everybody out there who's listening so there, there's gonna be at least seven or eight new use yeah in the near future and I, I want you guys i want
1: you guys to make the most of that all right <laughs> <laughs> oh i do i do want to plug something real fast Ooh, i okay. eric Ballnar, people will probably remember we had him on a few episodes ago and he talked about the australian baseball league and baseball Australia, and he was wonderful eric thank you again for coming on the show um I have been doing some writing for baseball for baseball.com.au, which was, is the, the uh, Australian baseball website right. that he runs. Um, so they, you know, I've, I've only been doing ABL coverage, Australian baseball league coverage, but I've basically been doing it from like an MLB standpoint. Uh, cause that's, you know, it's hard for me to watch the games cause they're on so late here. Um, but so I've been, I've been trying to tie it back to the U S but so it's been a lot of fun. So I will selfishly plug that go check out, baseball.com.au and read everything because australian baseball is really cool but also you'll see a few ethan Pacherskys in there hey, so i'm need to to not do that anymore <laughs> yeah well <laughs> all ready? Right, right let's kick it back over to chris then so right. anyway yeah. christopher burns thank you for coming on the show it's been wonderful we'll check in again and get to lay the land on uh swiss baseball soon so chris thanks for coming on and i hope you guys enjoy the interview Welcome back to the baseball podcast we're joined today by christopher burns the head coach of the swiss national baseball team and let's just jump right into it tell us about swiss baseball chris
2: yeah well um like like most of the teams in europe uh, it's still in the sort of the infant stages uh swiss baseball is created about 40 years ago right so not so long ago right so um they're still on the upward curve in terms of uh, developing and stuff, like many other of the other um, European countries, yeah. But I think what is difficult for the European countries and Switzerland itself is um, coaching. Just just having uh, high-level coaching on site in these countries, it's very, very challenging to develop the programs, right? So I think that's one of the struggles in Europe we have, is in terms of getting the funding and coaching to to move forward. And uh, but it's slowly happening. I mean, it's coming together, right? So I think a lot of the European countries are making good pipers now. Yeah, and so um, but that's still a big need for the European countries, right? Um, I think when people look at Switzerland, they think of a very Very rich country and uh, quality of life is really good here and crime is low and poverty is low and everything in that aspect is is really, really great for the people that live in Switzerland. The democracy is good here and everything. You can't complain about living in Switzerland. But when it comes to baseball program, uh, we're at the poverty level. We don't really get any funding from from the state. So that's similar to all the other European countries that don't get money from like the World Baseball Classic and qualifies and all that stuff. So everyone else is in a similar boat to, to get dollars to move forward. Yeah, so and yeah, that's kind of the state we are on now. But we're kind of making a headway. A lot of the, a lot of the uh, international teams here in Europe, especially with the World Baseball Classic coming, um, there's more money coming. And uh, people are gearing up for that and trying to develop so they can get money to develop, right? And that's that's one of the things. Um, because like we have, like many countries, you have an opportunity to build your team from the bottom up or from the top down, right? And so we, we we have to build a team top down because we don't really have money and stuff. We have to go out and try to be successful at the top level, get some funding, and then then build from the bottom up. But there are some countries now that are building from the bottom up like the Czech, Italy, Germany, France, you know, these countries are now getting programs where they're starting from the bottom up, which is probably the best way in the long run to be sustainable. and have a nice program. So, so I think, you know, Israel is another program where they're trying top down as well, right? They don't have a good young infrastructure yet, but you know, they're getting money uh, from their success the last few years and they're trying to build fields and, and then create interest and, so they're going about it in the right way and they're, they're making really good progress and trying to develop some homegrown talent. So I think a lot of European countries are, are kind of following that mode right now until they can get the funding. Right. So but it's, it's, it's an interesting challenge and it's going to be very, very competitive in the next few years in, in in the European baseball landscape. Yeah.
1: So how did you get involved with the Swiss baseball program, culture, all of it?
2: Oh uh, yeah, it's a good story because, um, In 1999, I I took a job in Switzerland for the the largest bank, uh, UBS. Worked for UBS since 1999, and I came over here with my family. And funny story is I didn't really know they had baseball in Switzerland either uh, at that time. So I was probably five or six years here in Switzerland before I knew they had baseball. And then uh, I was reading a local newspaper and my wife. Said, hey, there's a baseball game in this town, Embrock. We should go take a look at it. So I drove out there on a Saturday and it was like a, it was like a men's league, a beginner league, right? And I said, Oh, this can't be the best baseball that they have in, in the country. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I went home a little bit disappointed, right? <laughs> and then so then the next week I read in the paper, hey, there's another baseball game, it's different teams. So I said, Well, it's different teams, let's see. So we go out, and it was the highest league in Switzerland, which was pretty good. And and it was pretty good. It was like I would say it's like a good Division Three baseball league, uh, and they had some good players with America. And I said, "Oh, that's more like it. That that that's that's pretty good." So then I, I inquired about there, and so then I got involved, not not until two thousand six maybe, and then I got involved, and then I joined one of the teams, and I started playing. But I was I was older at that time when I started playing again. But I always had in the back of my mind that I'm going to coach so that I was, I was working on things when I went back to play in, in Switzerland to see how it would work as a coach. And so I always had that in the back of my mind. So I played for like five years and um, got to feel the flow of uh, European baseball and everything in Swiss baseball. So I was very, very much educating myself those years. And then, and I played for five or six years in the top league there. Then I stopped it and I started to coach and then in 2000, I think it was 2019, I, I took over the senior nationals men team. Yeah. So I started with them five years ago. So this would be my fifth year, finishing up my fifth year as the head coach of the, the senior national team. Yeah.
1: I liked what you were talking about with the level of play in a D3 school, roughly level of play. And that was, I guess, roughly 20 years ago. We we're talking about how would you describe the level of talent now in Switzerland?
2: Yeah, I think within the league, the top league that we have, it's probably still uh, Division Three kind of level, right? So probably a really good Division Three team, competitive. It uh, hasn't grown from there. However, as I said, we have had a few uh, good players that have signed minor league contracts, right? So last yeah. year, we had a pitcher, Dominic Scheffler, who is he's about 18 years old, left-hander, kind of like a Chris Sale tight pitcher, funky from the left and he threw over 90 miles an hour. And, uh, Cincinnati Reds saw him in, in Spain at a practice and they flew out there scouting director and they kind of just signed him like quickly. Um, so he had to wait almost a year, uh, to be signed. Cause he was too young at the time. So he signed only this year. Um, but he had an agreement in place. And so, you know, we're getting some talent. We also have quite a few Swiss players in the States that are talented. We have one, Noah Williamson, who came over to play with us many times. And he was drafted by the Marlins uh, about three years ago and plays in the Marlins organization. Um, just got released at the end of this season and signed a contract in Japan. So he just he's in Japan now with the RS Buffaloes minor league team. And so, you know, things, there are some talent coming through. Yeah. We have a couple of good young pitchers coming through. Uh, Livio Bundy and his brother, Bobby Bundy, uh, young kids that are throwing hard. They have talent. CJ Savadelli is another one. So our pitching seems to be developing. Um, and so I think our team will be competitive in the next five years uh, on, on the on the european front so i think we're we're really optimistic about where we're going with the program and stuff so um but like i said going back to before there's there's a lack of knowledgeable coaches right this myself and my pitching coach roger savidelli he's really good with the, the pitches and he's been able to develop the younger guys it's been very helpful and my my brother tim burns who played with the Royals for a few years in the minor leagues. Uh, He's he's also coaches us and he's a great knowledge too, but he's not here all the time. He's in North Carolina. So he joins us when uh, we have tournaments and games and stuff. Yeah. So we have a good coaching staff for the senior team. Yeah. But yeah, we need, we need more to move, to be competitive with like say Italy and France and Germany and those guys. Yeah. They, they're very, they're very well coached. When i saw in the last tournament yeah
1: that we had so where would you rank and i have up the standings for the latest european baseball championship which was earlier this year yeah and 2023 this will be out in 2024 but it was in 2023 and it looks like switzerland finished 12th out of 16 which i would call respectable you guys didn't get relegated or anything um behind ahead of a team like greece who has some you know minor leaguers and stuff um, but then below the the top of the top, like Spain and, and the Netherlands and Great Britain and stuff. So where yeah. would you place, um, Switzerland amongst the levels of European baseball, sort of a mid-tier team? Yeah, maybe?
2: I think that's a really, really good question. I can give you a lot of insight into all the teams that were there because that was our first tournament. Right. And I got to see what was out there. Right. Now you have an idea about these teams, but not until you actually play them and stuff. Right. Um, we knew going into the tournament, we had a very talented team. However, uh, we lacked pitching. We had, uh, Dominic Scheffler, who I told you was signed for the Reds. He had a Tommy John surgery, so he was not with us. Uh, we also have a Swiss pitcher who signed with the Cubs. He also was hurt, uh, Tommy John surgery. Right. And we had a few other pitches, uh, that were also hurt. So we had like four or five of our like top line pitchers Not able to make the team. Right. So we knew it's going to be challenging uh, uh tournament for us pitching wise. And so we knew we had one or two really good pitches and we were going to make sure we won the two games we needed to win to stay up. And that's what we did. We did really good to do that. Right. So, um, you could break down the tournament into the top eight and, and the bottom eight. Right. And so we finished 12th, which was good for us. We didn't get relegated. However, when I, when I look at more detail, we played three top teams, Israel, Germany, and Italy, right? Uh, we played them with subpar pitching, right? So let's go. The last game we played, we played Italy. They had all their starters, and they threw pitches. that were all throwing 90 miles an hour against us, and we battled them. We, we made a few errors that led to a lot of earn runs but if we had played a little better defensively and that would have been a very close game. So same, same with Germany. We, 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 I mean, Germany, we just had a bullpen. We threw nine different pitches, which was, you know, not ideal. And they took advantage of that, but we also made a few errors in that that made the score look a little lopsided, but we came back on them in the middle of the game and they put a few of the starters back in the lineup. They got nervous that we were close. It was like. It was like a six to five game. It was very close in the fifth inning. And, you know, we just didn't have the pitching to be competitive there. But, um, you know, I know that we can compete with the top eight guys now, right? I mean, although the scores don't look it, when you look between and peel away the onion, you can see we can compete with them. And the guys believe that now, you know? And so same thing with Israel. I mean, Israel beat us bad, but, oh, man, we had a couple of bad errors that, that should have been a 4-2 game, but the score doesn't indicate that. So, yeah, we we, we can hang with the top eight. And I think yeah, the next tournament, if we if we have our top pitching staff, there, yeah, yeah, we're going to be very, very competitive in the top eight. I mean, my goal would be eventually to get to the top eight and, and the top 25 ranking. You know, that's, that's, I think, achievable for us if we could put it together. The guys starting to believe now their first tournament. And let's not forget, in, in 2022, when we had to qualify for the B tournament, that was the first tournament Swiss baseball has won ever in four years. They never came close to winning any tournament. That was the first one. So that was a huge win for us in 2022. And then we got into the European Championship. Now, played well enough uh, to stay up there, show that we had some talent. We beat some of their teams that were ranked in the 20s. Uh, and so... And I think we can compete with the ones in the top eight, but um, we need to make some additional changes and get our pitching. And it's exciting for us. I think it's uh, it's going to be an interesting few years. We have a couple more years to, you know, get those final pieces that we're missing, you know, and so last year for the 2023 tournament, we, we had added some pieces to the team to improve our fielding. Uh, we we have been typically more fielding and uh right around like the team fielding mark of 920. And so in this tournament we were like we went up to 980. And that made a huge difference in terms of our ability to stay and win games. And so uh, you know, that piece worked. We got better offense. We scored runs. Uh so you know some of the pieces were working for us, but obviously the pitching when we needed to compete against the top three, we just didn't have that depth to keep them in place. And uh, so, so, but we knew that going in, but, you know, I like that they competed. And to me, I saw a lot of positives within those three losses that we had to them. Uh, So yeah, looking forward to the next, next time we play. Yeah.
0: One of the things that I I pulled out of that, you know, this is just a, opinion thing on my yeah. behalf but uh you mentioned that a lot of those scores are sort of you know they're sort of deceptive because of a couple of, like key errors that yeah. you know sort of let yeah. the wheels come off a little bit yeah. I, I i do kind of think that um defense is probably the easiest thing to coach into guys like you know it's it's a little harder to make somebody a, a you know, a talented hitter Then you know, ah. can just work on like fundamentals on defense yeah. and stuff. So you can that seems like something that would be, you know, relatively doable to shore up. Mm-hmm. And then once you get those better pitchers too, I mean I think that you probably will see those scores start to be a little closer together.
2: Yeah, that's a good observation. You're correct. I think um the the problem we struggle with is like and what I know is it confirmed in a tournament like if you're bringing pitches that could throw, let's say from eighty-two to eighty-seven, that's barrel right. feed. The yeah. people in this tournament they love that. That that's not going to play very well unless you have really good secondary stuff. Mm-hmm. Because the hitters, the hitters are on to that. They're you know most European leagues they have high eighties pitches and they're used to that. Right. Once you go to like ninety to ninety-three, yeah, then that's a little different. Then you'll see the good teams struggle hitting. Mm -hmm. um and that's where you're correct where you have to be able to um launch quickly and be able to hit velocity and so we've been working we've been working a lot on that we've been trying to get some of the guys to do it getting better at it every year because we know it's a requirement right but we also know if you're below 80 into 70 that plays a lot those pitches are successful we had both our wins from James Sanders did a remarkable job. He, he's a former Division I pitcher in the University of San Diego. He lives in Switzerland. He's like 40 years old, and he's very crafty, smart. Same, almost like a Jamie Moyer, right? Right-handed Jamie Moyer, mm-hmm. right? So, <laughs> um, but, you know, two wins. Uh, and he pitches so fast and so good that he makes the defense better. He got us two wins. He pitched three times in this tournament. Mm-hmm. And he pitched. He was probably one of the best pitchers in the tournament. Probably should have won the best pitcher because he got two wins, and the third he came in the middle of the game, pitched another four and a half innings, solid. So he he did a really good job. And this is the thing where James, who who, who won these two, he pitched in the club championships in, in Slovakia, and we did a test there. He also pitched two games there and and came in relief in the third game there to see if he could do that in the European Championship. And he did. He won two games there, and he was the best pitcher in that tournament, and he was able to do it, and that gave me great confidence uh, that we would be able to move forward uh, with that. But um, I know we have a closer who comes in after him. He throws 91-92. So you get 70 all game, and then you get 90. And then that's a great combination so Mm -hmm. that's what i learned about pitching if you're going to throw 85 86 87 better look out you better you better be really good otherwise these guys are really good hitters i mean there was i think you know 21 professional players former professional players there in minor leagues and it was a tremendous uh tremendous tournament the talent Mm -hmm. that was there right so i mean I know when we played Italy, they their whole lineup was form of minor leaguers, whole, whole lineup. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so these are pretty good hitters, and but they all struggle when it comes to ninety. I'm not, like, I'm not lying there. They have to, right. uh, All the teams, uh, that's the game changer speed. There, you know.
0: And it's, uh, it can also be really tough to wait long enough to hit 70 if you haven't seen it since you were in, like, middle school.
2: Absolutely right. You know? You're not playing these teams regularly, right? You don't have a really yeah. scary part, you know? And you get a smart guy that hits the corners and stays out of the harder zone. And But I, the other thing that I learned that we take away from the tournament, right, is, like, uh, we made too many pitching mistakes where we throw the ball middle-middle, like mm-hmm. the harder zone. Yeah. And I, I calculated that. I went through every game and every pitch. And I calculate. So we threw about 18% of our pitches middle middle. And those 18% they generated probably like 84% of the runs that were scored against us were our middle middle pitches. So if you if if you want to take take that away and adjust that for the next tournament, I think you know we're smarter now, right? And mm-hmm. we also had a very high rate of like what I would call non-competitive pitches, pitches where you know the, the batter didn't you know, so we were like almost 30% non-competitive and and that right. didn't play either. Right. So those two things were like the detail analysis. When you peel it away, what do we need to do to get better? And mm-hmm. Those were two, two of my takeaways that now we put in a, a new pitching philosophy of how we're going to work for the next two years, try to implement it. We also, uh, in terms of that speed and velocity, we worked with a lot of professional hitting coaches, like my, Good friends Kevin Seitzer from The Land of Rays. He's helped us a lot. Uh we've really? been to uh Richard Schenck, who is, uh worked with uh, Aaron Judge and a lot of major Oh that's
0: teacher about. man.
2: That teacher man, yes. He <laughs> is fantastic. And you know, we were' are just teaching the launch, quickness. That's mm-hmm. all we need. And, uh the thing with that, it's like depends on how they're built and what they could do. You could get quickness and a lot of different ways. And we are just trying to get whatever their swing is most comfortable to get quick so that they can hit 90 plus. And, mm. um, you know, so we've, we have a couple of different hitting coaches with different styles, but all trying to be launch quickness as, as the the base route trying to get guys to be able to hit that. Right. And so, right. So, yeah, so we're working on the hitting for the last three or four years we have some good help in the major leagues and with the, the teacher, man, they're good friends of ours. And so we utilize the knowledge that they have and try to pass it on to our players. So, yeah.
0: Well, it certainly sounds like you guys are, are doing everything you can to make this, uh, this team a, you know, to get it into fighting shape. <laughs>
2: yeah. It's a, it's a learning process for me as well. I love to get these guys to learn and stuff. And uh, we have a lot of zoom calls in the off season with, major league coaches to help us at certain aspects of the game and you know they've been really really open and helpful uh we had a uh, gentleman kai correa who was the bench coach for the san francisco giants mm-hmm. and man, he was just talking about infield play like crazy and he he gave us the whole defensive defensive scheme for the for the giants how we should be what, where, where exactly we should be and we utilize that and man, it helps. I mean, you know, positioning guys right nowadays mm-hmm. is a tremendous help. And we we use that. And when I go back and I look at all the ground ball singles that were hit against us, I go back in the film and I look and see where were the guys in the right position? Were they out of line? And mm-hmm. you know, three or four hits, they were out of line. Where right. if they were in the right position, they would have made those plays and then hence there's a couple of more extra runs that came up around because of that. So, I mean, they're starting to learn that the position is really, really important. And they, you know, if you, if you just get lazy and forget about it, you know, that can hurt you. Right. So, you know, we, we made improvement there. When you talk about fielding, you can make them better fielders by mm-hmm. giving them the opportunity to be lined up correctly. That's part right. of it. So we're still working on that to improve that, but we have good, Good infield, and uh, we had Tim Leopold from the Toronto Blue Jays and the San Francisco Giants. He did a lot of base running with us, and outfield work. uh, Did a lot of help with us. And as I said, Kevin Seitzer has joined us, and he's done some great stuff with us for the last few years. Um, So the instruction and the information we're getting to pass on to the players, is very high quality. and, And as you said, it's one thing to get the information, but to be able to transfer it. Mm. into a skill that's the biggest struggle we all struggle with that and so we're trying to make the drills that we do more game-like the more you make them game-like the the better chance you have for them to transfer that skill like you know you can't just go in a cage and do soft toss and then just throw overhand and then think you have launch quickness right that you have to have some some really game speed stuff coming at you and stuff. So, you know, you try to progress your drills where you get to a game speed so that it's, it's not all one type of practice and stuff. So, right. A lot of different elements that were working at the same time. So uh, we have another two years to get it ready, but uh, yeah. Yeah.
0: So you guys in in those two years that you guys playing like exhibitions and things like that with other uh, European teams.
2: Uh, That's a good question. Um, well, let me tell you, in, in Europe, if you're in the B pool, right? Okay. Which we were, none of the A pool teams want to play you. Oh, uh, right. So that's why, you, why is
1: why uh, is that? Uh,
0: because they're in the A pool, you know, they don't want to play.
1: So I mean, they, they're 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 above you. Is that what you're saying? They yeah. Think less they, you. they, they
0: probably didn't. don't want to risk getting guys hurt playing against teams that right. they don't think are worth their time. Yeah. You know? mm. So I
2: mean like austria our neighbor which is a quick drive a couple hour drive we always try to play them i always call the coach they can kind No, nah it's just busy right we would never, we would never are play they in this, the right? april yeah they were in the april austria oh oh well, we played austria this year and when so... i went to the plate meeting I tell you first so i went to the plate meeting i said how are you doing Do you remember me he said no. Uh-huh. Okay. I said okay. Oh, and then then we beat them uh, that game, and uh, they got relegated uh, as a result. They went down, nice. I think, uh, and we beat them. So, so yeah, there's a little bit of a payback there. And um, but now uh, we've played some friendly games with France. Uh, the coach, De Aquino, he's been really helpful. He helps us. We played them in in Spain early in the year. We played a big tournament in Italy with Croatia and we okay. played really well down there uh that was really helpful and so we were pretty much prepared we 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 thought we were going to do well in the tournament uh, but the friendly games uh you have to play them uh to keep your rankings and mm-hmm. it's hard to keep your rankings if no one wants to play it you know <laughs> it's like, yeah yeah so now dirty we a little bit <laughs> we finally kind of get over the hump there that now people will take the call and play us a little bit so um so, yeah, okay. it'll get better from now on. And uh, we, we try and I got a call from Amsterdam, one of, the, one of the teams in Amsterdam wants to play us in March. And so the, the phone is starting to ring now, which is which is a nice thing. But it's a product of some of the success we've had uh, recently. Yeah. So that's good. So that that's also helps the program going forward as well. Yeah.
0: Another question I have, and this this is like sort of related, sort of not. Yeah. It's, a, it's a more of a uh, in-between tournaments question is mm-hmm. – uh. I know there's uh, there's Extra Liga over in uh the Czech Republic. Mm-hmm. Is there any opportunity for you guys to send some of your players over there and play in Extra Liga or one of those uh, you know leagues yeah, in the Czech yeah. Republic?
2: Yeah, I think um yes and no. I think obviously we try to get our better players out of Switzerland to play in a better competition, right? Um mm-hmm. so a lot of the younger players now are going to college in mm-hmm. the states and playing, which makes a big difference when they're practicing every day, right? Right. Uh, we had a few players go to Germany and play in Germany because that's closer. Uh, but the Czech league is it's just too far away. Yeah, can't right. can't really drive there. Right? So it kind of it's harder for these guys because they're all working. They're not college kids, you know. Once right. once you st- start here, you got to work and play at the same time, which is a, a bit of a handicap compared to the states or stuff. Yeah, most of these guys have full-time jobs. Uh, they practice Tuesday and Thursday night, and then they'll play doubleheaders on the weekends. So travel is hard when you throw it in the, in the season. So it's hard to do yeah. that. But some guys have done it. Uh, if they're in college, yeah, we have a kid this year who's in college. He's going to go up north in Germany and play uh, for Hamburg. Uh, he's, so he's he's studying so then he can do it it's easy for him to study there and then he'll play there we have a kid in holland and 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 playing in amsterdam he's going to school there he's going to play in the the league in the dutch league so that's good so it depends on the situation more or less uh of the of the player to be honest yeah okay
0: yeah Yeah, i mean like you know they made that whole documentary about the czech team in the world baseball Classic about how these guys are like electricians and stuff and yeah. You know they they got celebrated because they went to the World Baseball Classic, but all that applies to probably most European players, I would assume, other than as you mentioned, the college exactly. guys.
2: Yeah, I mean, uh, the the system in Switzerland or in Europe generally, but in, in Switzerland they kind of weed you out at an early age, like fifteen years old. That you're either going to go the university route or you're going to go get a job. They right. they, they, they so most people. Go get a job. They get apprenticeship for three years, and they go to school, and then when they finish, they're working, and that's 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 their working. And the guys that go to university, then they have it's like in America, they have a little bit more free time and stuff. But mm-hmm. the guys that are doing apprenticeship and working, you know, they got a full time job, and then they got to go study, and then they got to play, and so it's a right. bit harder for them. Yeah, uh, get until a they get older. So yeah, I mean, I think that's a good portrayal of the Czech team. We have the same same scenario as they do. Our Guys. Mm-hmm. Are, working normal jobs and yeah, it's tough. Yeah. Uh, tough vacation wise, because if you want to travel a lot to play it, you have to have enough vacation time to do it and stuff. So it's right. also, you got to balance that and stuff. Yeah. So it's not as easy as in the States. Um, and like I said, uh, we don't get any funding, so we pay for everything. Yeah. And we have to pay. Yeah, probably. Five six thousand each player pays five six thousand each year for travel and costs and stuff on their own. So, yeah, that up over twenty four players. That's a lot of money, right? So yeah, that's right. dedication. Yeah, that's a lot of dedication. So it's hard to kind of, you know, bring the hammer down on people. It's you know, it's hard because the situation is a little bit different. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, but I know in in the check uh, those guys are actually getting paid. From the baseball federation as well there are some some federations in europe that pay their players right which is which is good and that's what i'm trying to get to the point where you can pay the players uh because what that does is it gives them a path you know like before in europe baseball was not really a path for anyone you know think about think about soccer in the u.s right right yeah it never took off i mean pele and canali all those guys came over early in the 70s and never took off but all of a sudden it's popular in colleges and then the scholarships yeah and then then there's a league and then 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 they could play in europe and so that the path became very evident for people to play and became mm-hmm. easy uh and so it's sort of like baseball here you you, you kind of have to give them a path so, so they could see where they're going right and so it's starting to happen we have a couple of guys my only contracts uh if you get them paid a little bit then people want to be part of that they want to be part of that journey right and right. even if it's not a lot of money if you get paid ten thousand francs to play baseball that's like wow you know that's a big thing because a lot of sports don't do that so you know Trying, we're also trying to get that path for the people so we can create some more talent and, and, and people that want to be part of that journey. So mm. that, that we don't have that yet, but we're trying to to work with some sponsors and trying to get some, some money where we can
0: pay for, for the players, which would be nice, you know? All right. Yeah, you mentioned the uh, soccer in the United States. I'm sure it yeah. doesn't hurt, you know, to build a sport in the United States that there's like 350 million people over here. It probably, yeah. it has to be a little bit of an obstacle that Switzerland's a, a small country and there's not a lot of people. If you get 5% of the United States interested in something, that's a lot of people still. If you get 5% of Switzerland interested in it, it's like, oh, that might be like...
2: Yeah, I mean, go, we Bang. only have like 8.8 million guys. Out right, yeah. Country, right. And uh, I think uh, in terms of the baseball federation, there's probably about 900 registered players in the country. That's all we have, 900, which... If you look at the top European, top 16, the European championship, we are probably number ranked number 15 in terms of members. I think Croatia actually has less than us. Okay. Uh, they would be number 16, but everyone else is much, much higher, right? And obviously, mm-hmm. you know, uh, so we're at the bottom of the barrel of just number-wise in terms of how many licensed players we have and stuff. So, you know, that, that'll change if we get success, right? You have to have success, right? And the success that starts the top down building of your program. Right. So we're we're hoping that we can do better and get into the world baseball qualifier. Right. And then that will get some, generate some money and some more interest, And then we can start moving forward on that. And, you know, it's been a huge uh, success, the world baseball classic, right. Because money's available. It helps with that path that we're talking about. Right. And it has identified some players for us in the States that we might not have had before, you know, that visibility. And it's hard to, to find Swiss people that have a Swiss passport in the States, but there are people out there. So, you know, I used to write to all the uh, expat communities in California, Colorado, all over the States to find players. And that's a hard way to find players. But then when the world baseball classic came uh, that kind of helped me, put us on the map and and find people. Right. And so, and then uh, Major League Baseball was kind enough to do a little article on us. I don't know if you had saw that. I think I sent maybe a copy of that, but they did a nice article about us, uh, Michael Clare, and um, that also helped us as well. Right. So,
1: so you talked about, you know, writing to all these different communities and reaching out and finding Swiss players. And that was actually how I found you. I saw that um, thing you put, I if it was facebook or twitter but it was one of those i'm just like a call for players of swiss heritage yeah twitter,
2: yeah,
1: yeah. Ha, ha, yeah, twitter that's right yeah, yeah. so is that you know how do you go about finding obviously there are you know domestic players you have and there's some foreign imports but i guess within sweden how do you go about convincing kids to take the baseball route if like you said right now there's not any money in it it's hard to get trained you know, we don't have a lot of guys like what's your pitch
2: are uh, you talking about to the to the Swiss players in America or just in general?
1: Or... I phrased that poorly. I suppose both. <laughs> hey, whichever, whichever one okay. you want to give me. <laughs> yeah, okay. Well,
2: I mean, I think in terms of uh, recruiting, um, you know, you have to be honest and look at your team and, and the skills that they have. And you have to look at what's coming up uh, from their lower ranks as well, right? And you say, well, if if we're going to be an A-pool team, right, right? Um, we need to change some things, right? Um, and it's not always like uh, like uh, we were talking about before with Tom. You can't just quickly develop people and they're ready to play at the April run, right? So you got to fill where your gaps are and try to find uh, solutions for them until you can uh, find the right people to move into those slots. So what we've done in the States is we've kind of looked for players Uh, that can come in running and help us, right? And so uh, what we have done is we've looked at the profile of uh, the Swiss communities in America. And so we kind of know where they are and we try to hit uh, the hot populations there with... uh, Generally, most of them have, like, newsletters. And, uh, like, Twitter, I also go on Twitter, and a lot of kids are on Twitter now, and they're reading that. And so uh, I've been successful with getting a handful of kids from Twitter, and then uh, I've also had uh, a few people reach out to me from the World Baseball Classic, and I've had a few people from the newsletters contact me as well, right? So that's been very successful. So, you know, we we find these plays in the States, but then still you're right. You have to sell them. Why, why are they going to pay their own way to come here and play, right? Um, so it's still not guaranteed that all these players would come over to help your team, right? Uh, We, we, we're actually lucky. We had, let's see if I six players come over this year from the States, all impact players that really, really helped us. Right. And uh, college guys. And they, they see that with the world-based classic coming, we have an opportunity to be in it, certainly to qualify it, but they also see for them personally, um, the competition that's there they see x major league is minor league is velocity is like 90 miles an hour that's a big challenge for them they're, they're all in for that kind of stuff but if you don't have that if you if you just go into like a b tournament like in a b pool it's not it's not as exciting for them right so now we finally have the excitement for them and they they all had a tremendous tournament last this year and uh, they are excited to come back in 2025 so they become they're actually young kids they're all in their 20s so that's you know you have them for a bit of time now right because uh they're still young and hungry to play and they they all have aspirations of maybe being drafted as well there at some point in time so so that path now can help them forward the so like out of that, I was just telling you, Noah Williamson played really well. Uh, he got signed by a Japanese team out of that tournament. We also had uh, a community college player, Will Bosser, shortstop. He was signed by Memphis uh, to play Division I, uh baseball next year. So guys are looking to get signed from the community colleges to Division One, and they're also looking to increase their career. So from that aspect, it works really nice now. But we had to be in the A pool and be able to play, and convince them that's the path. There's a path there for them, and they can see it, and that was easy. Yeah. So, and the same for the local, the local ones that live in Switzerland. Uh, they're super excited to be, you know, f- first winning a tournament and being part of such a high quality tournament. That they're, they're they're super excited, motivated. The motivation level has gone up tremendous. Um, so, like I said, I'd like to get sponsorship and some money that these guys get paid that you know they're working hard that they get a little bit of payment so that uh, you know it's not for nothing right but yeah so I think right now it's pivotal time for us in the next five years we have to be able to produce and still stay competitive and, and move up and get some funding and money and then then we can start working from the bottom up having maybe full-time coaches and some facilities and and getting that going and then that motivates people as well if they have the facilities and they're getting paid a little bit they see chance then it works right but that's what we're trying to build here and it's still going to take us a bit of time but yeah that's kind of where we're at
1: yeah yeah Absolutely. So where do you think money would come from? Are you sort of the opinion of just let's find a way we can get it? Or is it, you know, take these steps and the government will give us funding or the world baseball classic, or, you know, what is, what is the plan for that?
2: Well, that's a good question because, you know, it's very hard to fundraise, you know, especially from Switzerland where people see Switzerland as a very rich country. Right. And then you you have people fundraising for, for your baseball team and you know the the problem is that people work some have families some work some have school they don't have a lot of time to do fundraising and, and, and raise money for the team so a lot of them just say ah I'll just pay the money and then I'll have the free time and so that's kind of about what we've been doing the last few years but now we have to travel a bit more the costs are a little bit more now we have to have a serious social media and uh, sponsorship program that we're going to discuss this year and try to get legitimate uh, opportunities for, for funding, right? So that uh, we get a few good sponsors instead of getting a lot of small sponsors where we spend a lot of effort and time. So we're we're going to have some meetings on that and try to do that. I'm working on a very big sponsor right now. If that comes through, then we'll be in good shape, but there's no, no guarantee that it'll come through. but those are the things, right? Setting up uh, a nonprofit organization in the United States to go and talk to the Swiss companies that are based over there as well, trying to get them to uh, have some charitable donations for us. So we're looking into a lot of different avenues now where we never looked into, right. And to mm-hmm. um, get funding and sponsorship. So, you know, we're optimistic. We'll, we'll find somebody in the next year or two. Yeah. So the story is better. Now we have some, <laughs> uh, some publicity and some results. It's always easier when you have some results. Right. But
1: right. yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, that's cause we've talked to a lot of people from around, you know, different, um, areas of the world. And I remember, um, I was talking to the the manager of the Greek team a few years back, yeah. a guy named Bry Pathakos. And he mm-hmm. was saying that, um, one of the things was that when Greece held the Olympics in 2004, all of a sudden, all these people, like the owner of the Orioles came out and gave them like a mm. million dollars and everything. And then as soon as the Olympics were over, it was like back on your own, you know, and mm. then they find, you know, and they're basically they're saying now, like, OK, let's get into the World Baseball Classic now. And then, you know, when the Olympics come back around, we'll try and go back to the Olympic Federation. So it's I think it's all about like yeah. what, what you can show, you know, these these nations and, sh- you know, show your domestic program that, you know, you'll put these tax dollars to good use, I guess, for lack of a better term. It's, it's a tough road. Yeah,
2: I think a good example of that, I mean, I understand the Greece one, you know, and uh, but if you take Italy, right, uh, and I've had some conversations with the the Italian team when they were there, and I spoke to Mike Piazza a little bit about that, and I like what he said. He kind of said, uh, hey, the World Baseball Classic, that's business. That's not a development team. That is where you get your money to drive all your programs. And so that's why Italy has all these guys from America. And, you know, people are upset in Italy that they don't take the local guys. And I think it's a back and forth, probably with a lot of European federations. Uh, you know, why don't you just take the local guys? And 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 the other side says, well, you're not going to make the money with the local guys. You need to make the money to develop better local guys and move forward. So it's a business at the top level of the World Baseball Classic. It's really business, and people mm-hmm. in Europe they don't see it that way. They see, you know, oh, we got to have our homegrown guys there. Czech was a, an exception, right? They had some really good players, right? And they added a few, but not many. But they were a truly homegrown team, and that's that's good. But you know, you could see Israel and Greece, Italy, those teams. It's a business, and I think team that could be dangerous if they get in is the polish team right they would have tons of players in the states i think right everybody
0: so, yeah they, I they think would have a really would... lot of people to pull from yeah <laughs> right? i've yeah, always thought lovely. that
1: with with I, i've always thought that with ireland too i know there's like a yeah. little bit of buzz around the irish program and that would good luck you know
2: yeah i talked to the irish guys there and the problem they have is they're very strict like switzerland about the passport uh you know the grandparents have to have a passport and that's kind of, they're getting to the age where that's running out now. So there's not a big window of players for Ireland. Uh, so they don't get what you think they can get. Like the UK, the, U, the British, the same way that they're getting. I mean, the whole team last yeah. time was in pretty much US, uh, but they had passports. So uh, the problem with the the playing field is not so level because the, the countries have different rules of eligibility for a passport.
0: Uh-huh. Yeah.
2: and you could see the world baseball classic for the qualifier, they soften the rules, uh, because they want the best product. Right. Yeah. So, you know, but what happens is you get a team like Spain, which is very good in their own, they can get Dominican and uh, Dominican guys and Venezuelan guys to come over and play in their league for a few years and then give them citizenship and then they can go into the world baseball qualifier. Whereas, we can never do that in Switzerland or probably Ireland or other countries. So we would be at a disadvantage when it comes to that. So the the, the playing field isn't level yet, but yeah, it's a, it's a business and uh, you know, you got to be able to play the game as the rules are in place now, but maybe that'll change. But uh, uh, I, I don't blame other countries for doing that because they right. want to get money to develop their programs and that's how mm-hmm. it is right now. So.
0: I think we've talked about, I don't know if you're familiar with Sean Spradling, but he became a a big deal. Uh, I think we talked about this with him, even just even beyond just the building, you know, the local teams. There is also a little bit of a tension with with, uh, the World Baseball Classic wants to have more teams in it. And Mm -hmm. some of those countries are just not going to field competitive teams right now. And it'll, you know, I mean, it kind of already is a little bit like just the U.S., Japan and Dominican Republic, although not last year because Dominican Republic did not do so good. Mm. But, you know, they want to have more teams that look like they have a chance of moving. So I think they're sort of okay with, you know, the Israeli team is like 95 percent Americans.
1: Yeah, it's just team Jewish. Yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. Well,
2: they're different approach to citizenship there which is mm-hmm. by religion which is you know that's how they do it and so right but I think that's a good point that you make with with Sean there is that um, obviously um, that's an issue right I think um, going forward how are we going to deal with it yeah it's difficult because it's not a good solution for it right now but
0: right I, I understand yeah are there current like major leaguers who are of swiss descent who like if the rules were lo- loosened you would be like d- no. banging their lines
2: no the only one that probably i would say dustin perjoya but he's he's retired and mm-hmm. he's got a bad knee so he wouldn't play but I, I know he has two two kids that were probably pretty good in a few years so <laughs> um but he comes from uh, i think his heritage comes from the italian part of Switzerland and. Yeah, but I mean, I haven't reached out to talk to him, but right, yeah. So we have not not a lot of players like that, right? So, mm-hmm.
0: yeah. so it's gonna be a different path to success for the Swiss team.
2: <laughs> yeah, we, we're the underdogs. We gotta, but I think you know, going back to to what Spalding said, like they want to expand it, obviously, right? But yeah. they'll probably expand the qualifier, and then if you're not good enough in the qualifier, then you Know they'll still keep the well baseball classic at 20. I would, I think it's a 20 now, right? So they'll keep that at yeah. 20. So that's competitive, right? Mm-hmm. I think that was by and large pretty competitive, those games, right? I think, yeah, they were pretty good this time, yeah. No, there were, bad, yeah, right?
1: there were a handful of teams like China didn't belong on the same field as everybody else, but maybe not, but yeah, you know,
2: um, by and large, you know, if you say 16, 17, and we're pretty competitive, that's pretty good. But the qualifier, they'll probably try to expand, yeah, and then they get weeded out there if they're not good enough. You never know if, if the Polish get in, which they would have to qualify or get invited. I guess it's it's kind of a mystery how the world baseball classic qualifier is done. Right. I think it's still by invitation, but I believe it's so. by rankings. I don't know, it's changes all the time. So mm-hmm. you never know. But if they get invited, they can recruit a lot of competitive players in the States. I I would imagine, you know, that would it's sort of like Greece, you'd also probably get competitive, you know, and so, uh, like the UK did, like, um, so yeah, so I think, yeah, in terms of expansion, they'll probably expand the qualifier a bit and see how that goes, but they won't expand the, the big tournament, I don't think, because I don't think it would be competitive.
1: Yeah, well, I can I can actually shed a little bit of light on what you're talking about, with how the qualifiers work, because this was a mystery to me. And (laughs) I don't know if you I don't know how much you paid attention to the actual world baseball qualifiers over the past few years. But there was in 2020, there was going to be qualifiers for the 2021 tournament, and they ended up both being postponed. But at that point, there were, uh, I think, 12 teams that were in the qualifiers, and one of them was the Philippines. And so they just put it on hold. Two years later, they set up a new round of qualification tournaments. And it's 12 teams again. And the Philippines are gone. And Argentina is in their place. And I I don't know anything about it. So I just went, okay, I guess, you know, Philippines went down. Argentina went up in the rankings. Who knows? You know, whatever. Mm. So we had on the president of the Philippine uh, Federation. His name's Pepe Munoz. Yeah. He, was, he was a really nice yeah. guy. And I asked him about that. And he, I'm paraphrasing. I don't want to get in trouble here. Okay. But he basically said he was like, Nobody called. Nobody asked. There weren't tournaments, so it's not like our ranking went down or something. For whatever reason, MLB or the the WBSC or whoever, they wanted Argentina to get the showcase and at the expense of the Philippines, basically. So I think it's a like you said, it's invitation only, yeah, and they decide the who time, they. That's it. Yeah. And, and the thing that's interesting to me is, you can tell they're trying to grow the game in, in strategic areas. Like that's why China kept getting chance after chance because China is yeah, like the biggest market yeah, in the world, yeah. and like. like a place like Pakistan. I really enjoyed watching them. I think they're doing cool things over there, but like they were not of the caliber of the rest of the teams in, in, in the qualifiers. And you can tell like, somebody in pa- in pakistan has the ear of somebody at mlb you know what i mean like you could tell there's things going on there because there are other teams like the philippines would have put a, a more competitive team oh, on the, on the yeah. field but pakistan hasn't it you know what i mean so like mm-hmm. i wonder if it's like you have to play politics or something like I don't, uh, I don't know how it goes
2: it goes down to the revenue i'm sure i mean you think about it right yeah. the, china has revenue potential where philippines probably not right so uh, you could see that they want to put the best product out there and make the most money, right? That's coded, basically right. is. But right. you know, when you look at your other example, right? Uh that's a different story, right? It's not uh, you know, Poland would be a huge drawer, right? They would they would they would probably generate a lot of revenue, right? Um Argentina as well, but you know, you're looking at countries where they can they can make something out of it, right? And I think at the expense of the other ones, right? So that's my concern, probably. We might get overlooked if we're ahead in the rankings of some people. Uh, they might take somebody else, but you never know. I think we're just going to play hard and try to achieve as much as we can and let's see where right. it goes, right?
0: Yeah, yeah that does seem yeah, like the sort of thing that you might have to do out, out of our control.
2: control right, so you know, right. Yeah, we just
0: got, can't worry about that. we got to play yeah. hard
1: and mm-hmm. you know, get in there, but. Control no, that's all you, you can, can control, right? Well, so when we were talking on Twitter, you you mentioned you're the five year plan for the the Swiss baseball, you know, program. Yeah. yeah. What's the five year plan?
2: Well, when I took over in nineteen, right? um I knew most of the players because I had played against them, right? Mm-hmm. And so I, I had thought, I said, "Why, why is this team like still in the B pool? Why can't they get out of the B pool? They can't win. They have." certainly enough talent to get out of the B pool to play at April and they can never win. Right. So, uh, 2019, we went to tournament in, um, Slovakia and we played really well the first few games. And then uh, we played Lithuania in like a semifinal game. And we, we had many opportunities to win and we lost in extra innings, uh, team we should have beat, but we did. Uh, and then the next day we had to play Slovakia, the home team, which we should have beat, but a lot of guys, they were, they were too sad. They couldn't play. So they didn't play. So we played with a second string team and we just barely lost against Slovakia. Right. Mm-hmm. So then, then it just confirmed my thinking about why we're not winning. Right. Cause you know, we're not competitive enough. We, we have to get a stronger competitiveness. Right. So the culture has to change. There's no leadership on the team. Uh, So we have to change a few things if we're going to move forward. So that was a good tournament for me to figure out what we needed to do in terms of going forward in the five-year plan, right? And I think there's a quote, and I think it's from the coach of uh, Minnesota football team, uh, PJ, I forget his name, PJ something. But he said, uh, this: teams that have no leadership are no good. Teams that have leadership by only the coach, they're average. But teams that have leadership within the players, they become elite teams, right? So I was dealing with, we had no leadership anywhere, and that Mm -hmm. was a problem. So I had to change the culture there and change that around and get that change right? So and like we were talking about before, the only way to change things is, right, leaders have to be good storytellers, right? You have to tell a story about your organization that people buy into and, and buy, right? All best companies have a good story, right? If you take, say Nike, just do it, right? People just know, you just, you need a story to tell your people that they buy into to move forward to change the culture and leadership and things. So, you know, I was trying to think about what, what we do in the next five years to do that. And I took our world ranking. We were like 49 at that time, right? Number forty nine, and I was not really happy about that. So, what I did is I I printed up T-shirts with the baseball and the number forty nine in there. Oh, that's it. I just put it on there, and then at the first practice the next year, I handed them out to everyone. I said, "Here, here's your T-shirt. Congratulations, you're number forty nine in the world. There you go." And people were looking at me like, is he happy or is he not happy? They couldn't tell, right? I said, if you're happy with that, good. If you're not happy with that, come with me. Let's go change it. And so we kind of moved into the mind shift of the underdog, you know, the underdog mentality to, to 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 beat everybody. So that was one part. The other part was just stealing from Bill Belichick. Do your job, right? Everyone just mm-hmm. do the job, right? What do we need to do to win? You need to do your job. So we're going through that. We're trying to change that, make sure you know what you're doing. And the third thing was to win, W-I-N, which means what's in it now, right? What's important now? So knowing what you need to do on every play and be prepared for every play, that's what we want people to be ready, you know? We want people mentally ready to be played every play because you never know which play is going to impact the game. So you got to be prepared. So those three principles we kind of put into the five-year plan and we expected to win in 2022 and we did. And then in 2023, we expected to continue forward and in, in the European championships, which we did. Right. So I think it's been a good five-year plan right now. We've completed it and we've got to where we want to be. So I would say that's a successful run. And then the next five years, which is coming up, we, we talk about a lot of that. Now we, we need now the goal is to be ranked in the 20s and to get to the world baseball qualifier right and to get a sponsorship to put a new pitching philosophy new hitting philosophy in place to keep recruiting people that will compete for jobs and positions on the team and make us more competitive and so that's all in the works and as it goes we have to tweak it a little bit here and there depending on what's going on but That's kind of the new five-year plan that we're working for. So, yeah, so it's a lot going on and a lot of balls going, but people are excited and motivated now, like they never were before. So it's good when you have success, as I said before, it's a good motivator. Yeah.
1: It's good to see that there's a vision moving forward and that, you know, I like that you described the first five-year plan. And then the yeah. next five years that we're going to be doing, mm-hmm. it kind of reminds me of, uh, you know, we're big Phillies fans. And when Rob right. Thompson took over last year for Joe Girardi, um, he, he yeah. described it as he was like, we're going to win five games and then we're going to win 10 games and then we're going to win 15 and then 20 and that's how we mm-hmm. keep doing it. And I like that you described it that way of here's how we get into the A-pool and then here's how yeah. I go from the A-pool to the next one. Um, so, yeah, I, I I I like that. That's I am curious to see if he can, can dig up any Swiss players because I thought – The Czech team was going to have no luck because I couldn't think of anybody checking. And then they got Eric Sogard. So Mm -hmm. I'm sure you can find one. If you make it to the qualifiers, I'm sure you'll find a guy. Yeah, but I'm Um, thinking
2: Eric Sogard is probably going to retire soon, right? So I think um, I wasn't so impressed with them this tournament than they were earlier in the year, right? I think uh, that took a lot out of them. They weren't as sharp. I thought the teams that we played, I thought Germany did a really good job. They were well coached. Uh, they play very well. Uh, Spain, I had seen play. They look really good. The French team did pretty good. Uh, I didn't see the Dutch team play that much, but uh, Israel, I thought, didn't have the best roster they had. Hitting-wise, they weren't their best hitters, but they had good pitches, kept them competitive. But I was impressed with Germany. I thought they were... They, they played very well in the tournament, and, and they were probably outside of the Dutch and Spanish. And GB and Germany were probably the other ones that were pretty good, yeah. You know? But I think, like I said before, I think we can compete with Germany, Italy, and Israel at the World Baseball, I mean, at the European Baseball Championships. If we have our full roster, I think we'll give them a good run. They're Obviously, we're better than us this year, and there's no doubt about that. Um, but we're coming, like uh, Coach Prime says, we're coming, you know. we <laughs> uh, We're coming. People don't know, but we're coming. Uh, We're getting there. We're going to get the pieces fixed. We're going to get some things fixed, and uh, uh, hopefully we're going to be very, very competitive in 2025
1: So I I, I do have a quick question going way back. You talk about Kevin Seitzer and Kai Correa, and I forget a couple other names. How do you make these connections and find these high level guys to, to, you know, do any of them come and visit Switzerland or is a lot of just advice over the phone or how does that work?
2: Yeah, no, it's a combination of both. It's quite a, quite a long story. Uh, as I told you, my brother, you know, I grew up in New York, so I was a Met fan, but my brother, he, he signed with the Royals and played the minor leagues there for three years. And so I've been a Royal fan and so I had been following the Royals and I kind of went out to Kansas city to, to meet some of the coaches and stuff just to learn and pick their brains. And they were very nice. State Moore was there who I became friendly with, uh, at the time. And, you know, he let me talk to the coaches and talk to coaches. And, uh, at the time I talked to all the coaches, but Kevin Seitzer wasn't there. He, he, he got let go. So he wasn't there, but then I contacted him later and he and I connected and he came over to Switzerland to do some, some, uh, some work with us here and we've been in touch ever since and we go visit him all the time and the players visit him and he comes on the zoom and then from there we just opened the door and we we had a lot of contacts and I, I i was not bashful to to reach out and to learn and ask people to come and and i tell you the one thing if you want to know something in baseball the players i don't I don't bother the players at all it's the coaches they're very sharing they give you lots of good information they don't hide anything it's wonderful talking to coaches i mean we just had a podcast last before christmas with the detroit tigers pitching coach and catching coach ryan shanko and, and robin lund mm-hmm. and they were telling us everything about pitching and catching it was fantastic you know and um you know robin was telling us about what what we need to throw in certain counts, uh, what's successful, what's not successful. And, you know, they have statistics to back it up. And yeah, so I've been lucky to get good people on the, the, the podcast to help us, right? I mean, mm-hmm. Trevor Bauer came on uh, a couple of years ago and he helped us. And uh, Trevor Bauer, wow, that guy, he is a world of information and he shares it and he did a great job with us, teaching us everything he knew. Uh, I learned so much from him about pitching and catching. I, I learned from Ra- from Ryan Sienko, uh, infield from Kai, pitching for Robin. And we also have Brent Strom, you know, Brent Strom from the Diamondbacks. He's another yeah. good supporter of us. He's been to Switzerland two or three times. He stays. He's a good friend of our program. He helps too. And picking the brains of all these people and giving the information to our players allows them to learn, get the baseball IQ up because, you know, that's one thing in Europe, the, the baseball IQ is not, it's not an easy thing. They don't, they're not born with the baseball IQ like in the States. Uh, so they have to really continue to watch baseball and hear the fundamentals. And I send them like every other day, something about the fundamental and just to get them thinking and, you know, just to be ready and prepared. And they need that because uh, they haven't grown up playing it from, age three or four right so mm-hmm. yeah so i mean we're lucky to get people to come on uh to chuck chat with us and stuff so we've we've done good things uh we also had from the cincinnati Reds, we we had the guy go over the batting order how the batting order should be structured and what type of hitter should be and what slot and what they do and stuff okay so we have little things that people don't know about that help us and uh For example, like when you, when you're in the number four spot, you should have a guy that hits singles. That's it, because usually the four guy gets up when there's a guy on base, and you just need a single. So we put our best single guy in the four spot, and he had the best tournament. He hit over 400, a lot of RBIs, and all he did is hit singles. And it was fantastic so you know you get these little gems and you and you and you use them and and when they work it's it's a it's a good feeling and um, you yeah, know I just tip my hat to all the coaches that help us and so it's been really really good learning experience but also applying it and using it in the games I think the coaches are happy when they hear that we use it and after we qualified and we we did well in the qualify I would write to all those people that helped us and told us what we did and how we use their stuff just so they know you know close the circle let them know they were very helpful for us you know and keep the the doors open but yeah we we, we use all the stuff we learned for those guys yeah you know? so it's a big advantage i don't know if anybody in europe has that but probably we might be the only ones right but just being aggressive just trying to contact people and see if they'll help us and but I, I only go after certain specific core skills i don't go after everything right there's got to be you know a reason they have somebody on to talk about it. we need we need to do something with that skill and then we'll have somebody on just for that specific skill right and so
1: is there anything we didn't uh touch on or anything that you want people to know about swiss baseball
2: i mean i think if, if you look at the conversation tonight uh we're on an upward projection and we're just um, trying to implement those missing pieces and we're happy to have players that want to be part of that journey and want to compete for a roster spot and, and help us. We're, We're more than happy to have people in the program. Right. And so for people that are listening to this, if they know anyone that's Swiss, please drop a dime and let them know that, you know, it is a, Very interesting path and journey to top the baseball in in Europe and and hopefully during the world, yeah, with the World Baseball Classic. But yeah, we're excited about where we are and where we could potentially go. But comes a lot of work, though, right? You know, just because we didn't get relegated doesn't mean the next tournament is going to be like that, right? You don't know who's going to be injured. You don't, it's a lot of things can happen in the next two years. So you can't take it for granted what you have now. You got to still got time on your hands and injuries are always a problem. Right? You never you never expected them and they had come right before. You know? So, uh, speaking of injuries, I have to tell you a funny story. So, the last game of the tournament, we're playing Belgium and our pitcher, he's coming off the bus, the starting pitch. he's coming off the bus and he slips down the stairs and he oh. grabs onto the railing and he breaks his finger on his pitching hand. Oh! And so, so an hour before the game, we lose our starting pitcher, and then we have to, we have to, uh, not not that we've already had a, a lot of injuries in pitching, but our starting pitcher on the last day <laughs> broke his finger right wasn't able to pitch. <laughs> and so, yeah, that was kind of not good, but, you know, you never know. You got to be able to, to make adjustments. So, we we adjusted, and yeah, we didn't win that game which is disappointing because I thought we were going to win that game if our starting pitcher was there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, um, so yeah, but yeah, upward trend, got a five year plan, looking to improve, get to the World baseball qualifier, looking for sponsors, looking to get our pitching up to speed and be a top eight team in, in Europe is kind of summary. Yeah. Yeah. it was really I mean, nice of you guys to invite me on and talk to you guys uh, I'm glad that you're passionate about this and oh by the uh, way I found is... a Swiss guy in the Phillies organization oh he retired oh. his name was Kusnacht or, or Fasnacht. He played double A a few years ago and uh, I contacted him and uh, he said he's retired now and he's not going to play, but
1: oh, so, <laughs> it was worth a try. <laughs> yeah, you got to look back when your minor
2: leagues for Fosnacht. He, 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 I tried to get him to play for us, you know? So yeah, all a, you it can it do is try,
0: it. right? yeah,
2: yeah
0: I don't know I mean. well hey listen if you need players i mean we can always lie about our swiss heritage and, and head over <laughs> <Yeah>. you know
1: <laughs> i i'm terrible but i'll come i'll come give it a try if you yeah, want you're warm
0: bodies <laughs> I've,
1: I've always like fantasized about that like i want to travel to a place and establish residency where baseball is so obscure that i'd be the best player in the country you know what i mean yeah, yeah. like yeah, i want to wow. go to like sierra leone or something and just create my own like little baseball empire but yeah. <laughs> I yeah, think I'd rather live go here. to the Middle East. I think if you go to the Middle yeah, East, yeah. You have a chance Yeah, baseball, Iran. Yeah, baseball, that, Iran.
2: <laughs> yeah, baseball, yeah. Uh, the most impressive thing about the European Baseball Championship, and I have to tell you, it's funny. I in Prague and in, around all the baseball fields in in, in in the Czech Republic, they have great fields. They maintain great. It was a fantastic experience. But in every single dugout, there's a urinal. It's amazing.
0: Hmm.
2: I've never saw that anywhere. You can go to the bathroom right in the dugout. It's fantastic. That's glorious. <laughs> I never saw that in America. I don't know if you guys have, but
0: they have that at Frawley Stadium. I played Frawley one Stadium. game at Frawley okay. Stadium. It's the the Blue Rocks in Wilmington. It's national. It's a national, it's yeah. a
1: national yeah. single A team in yep. of...
2: <clears throat> Okay. Yeah, I know. I know the league. there. Yeah. I mean the, the the Royals had a team in there uh, for many years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, it had a little, little, little thing and you just go to the bathroom at the end of the dugout it was really cool i thought a great thing that
1: was a very amazing but yeah well why don't you go ahead and um plug you know your podcast your twitter any swiss baseball accounts or websites you want people to visit and um also tell people the best way they can get involved and help out swiss baseball if they're so inclined you drop your merch store yeah uh Yeah.
2: yeah no we we have a merch store but we haven't made it That far. Yeah. We, last year we finally got a merch store, uh, but we will try to market that this year, uh, more to come on that. And I think the best way for people to get hold of me is via my Twitter handle there and just contact me. I get a lot of traffic now. Uh, that's probably the best way or send the email to the Federation and they send it on to me. Um, yeah. So, but, uh, what what about the the podcast
1: real fast? Tell people about the podcast.
2: Uh, this podcast,
1: Oh, I thought you said you had a podcast with, with Trevor Bauer and stuff. No, I have a. I call it. I didn't call it.
2: It's like a Zoom call. I have a Zoom call. Oh, okay. okay.
1: <laughs> Sorry, I thought I thought there all was right. like a Swiss baseball podcast that I was missing. Oh no 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 no! And I, I was fascinated too. I was like, yeah. I'm gonna go catch up on it. Yeah, <laughs> never <No>, yeah. <no, no, laughs> no, I cataloged that. <laughs> Sorry, I just when I get it
2: when I get a coach to come on or something, then I have a Zoom call. And I usually invite okay. all all the people in Switzerland to join, but it's just a Zoom call. It's okay. Not, not awesome.
1: Not, I, I don't. No, no, that's super cool.
2: I don't put them out on the web or anything for people to see. That's kind of just proprietary internal stuff. So okay, um,
1: okay. Well, this has been great. This is not proprietary. We're going to share this with the world. That's fine. Um, that's fine. I see. I have seen, <laughs> seen your other
2: ones, and uh you know, I was. I'm sorry to, explain, to hear that. I was trying to explain to my wife uh who you guys were, and I said, "Well, I'll go to this link," and she's she's rolling that down the list. I said, "Yeah, yeah, 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 yeah." So so.
1: Yeah, people, well people these two morons that people for some reason keep talking to <laughs> is how you described it to her um no this has been great this has been super enlightening and i've learned a lot um let's check check back in in a little while and uh, see yeah. how things are going after uh, what, what's the next tournament or anything you guys have like what's the next event that you guys are going to be part of
2: uh next year we won't have any official tournament but we'll probably be playing a lot of friendly games okay uh, you know we're trying to plan that now next Next Monday, we have a meeting with the team to see what's doable, what's not doable. Uh, it gets really hard to play friendly games when the season starts, you know, because they're playing mm-hmm. in the clubs and stuff. So we usually play before the season, maybe some in the middle, but then at, in September, we try to do a lot of them in September. But
1: okay. We'll cool. see. Well, but, yeah, uh, let's I'll uh... keep you posted. Yeah, let's let's check back in. I don't know, sometime sometime next year. Um yeah. it's December thirty first. Let's check in sometime <laughs> next year and uh and and we'll Man. we'll see how Swiss baseball is doing. All right. Yeah Chris, this I, has I been really awesome. Appreciate
2: it. Heath yeah, thanks for very coming much, on uh, for having me. Nice meeting you guys and uh, too. uh be a good friend of Swiss baseball and I'll keep in touch with you guys All That's right. the least I
1: can Thank do. Thanks much. so much. Yeah. Have a great day. Hey, have a good one. Happy yeah. New Year. Thank you, happy Thank new, very new much. year. Take care, bye.
0: And his name is Dan Ugla.